I had a very strange childhood. I had the worst case any doctor had ever seen. My job is to keep healing. So that is the story. We all have remarkable stories within us. Stories of adversity, challenges, triumphs, and ultimately of healing. This is Your Health, Your Story, the podcast. Unbeknownst to many, cellular communication is at the core of human health, and our cells know when we're in danger. But what happens when our cells are unable to turn off their response to stress after encountering a threat? To walk us through the powerful survival mechanisms of our cells, we're speaking with a specialist in functional medicine and preventive healthcare who also happens to be a doctor of pharmacy. This is the story of the cell danger response with Dr. John Kim. Dr. Kim, great to have you on. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on your podcast. I've been following your stuff for a while. Really, really great stuff on social media. You, you really educate a lot of people, but there is this topic that you go into. It's cell danger response. It sounds kind of uh, you know dangerous, you could say, at least in yeah, something absolutely. like a illness you don't want to get. Don't get cell danger response. But can you talk us through what that actually is and why it's become an area of focus for you? It's one of the things that I basically take it as like a roadmap in explain to my patients what they're dealing with, right? That there many of these patients that we're seeing these days, they're very sensitive to uh, certain toxins as well as certain trauma and all these things, but they can't get through their overall healing they're looking for. And one of the things that I you know, started doing was I started looking at the work that was done by Dr. Robert Anovia and he explained what cell danger response is in lieu of what's really happening in the patient's body. So what cell danger response is a evolutionary metabolic response to protect the cells and the host from harm. So it's basically triggered from chemicals, physical and biological threats. So just kind of give you an example of a biological threat, I call it the biotoxin. So uh, viruses, bacteria, mycotoxins, and parasites, and then chemicals are BPA, halogen, and all these common things that we end up having to see in our environment. And then there's a physical trauma, let's just say you got a burn or something, maybe UV radiation could be another thing. And then there's a physical trauma, I'm sorry, psychological trauma in dealing with trauma that you're dealing with PTSD, right? So those soldiers coming back, having to deal with PTSD, all those things are response to how our body's handling all these lack of homeostasis result in the fact that our body's constantly going through uh, CDR or cell danger response. It's very hard to turn that off. If you don't turn it off very well, that's when the improper healing cycle that occurs resulting in a chronic issue like autoimmune disorder or fibromyalgia or chronic pain. So it's a very tough topic to explain sometimes. Even doctors and scientists have trouble explaining it, but it's really eye-opening moment when you end up realizing it's like aha moment coming in and like, you know what? I need to direct my entire protocol, entire concentration of how I'm going to handle my patients differently to address the, the root cause issue, trying to help to calm that down and then getting through a proper healing cycle that the patients may be needing. Yeah. You know, that idea of cell communication often gets overlooked and we talk a lot about it in our clinic and we see a lot of Lyme patients and in general, you could say pathogenic EBV, all these things that even after you treat them in a successful manner to eliminate, let's say, pathogens, there's still the echo of almost the trauma of those cells going to war. And we say that takes time to reverse that and the communication has to be restored properly. 
And so a lot of people just stop it. Hey, you got rid of Borelli, you got rid of whatever it is there and don't start to look at the cell communication and basically restore that. But, you know, how do we then downturn or minimize the detrimental effects to cell danger response from things like pathogenic infection? That's a very tough question to answer sometimes because it's really patient dependent in terms mm. of what you try to find and what you try to dig through. So as a clinician, we have to look at what the patient is dealing with, have a right amount of uh, clinical experience and as was investigating, that's basically what it is. So we do a lot of functional lab and looking at these things. So, you know, just kind of give you through why, what happens during the CDR response, that should actually explain you know, how to actually address some of the things that I'm going to be talking about, and that's the use of phospholipids. And I love using phospholipids because our cell membranes comprise of fat. And when you're dealing with a cell danger response and all these things that could actually damage the cell membrane, well, you can be needing these type of lipid therapy to add it into it. So when you're going through a cell danger response, for instance, a, a cell gets deep, cell membrane gets depolarized. Mm. And then the mitochondria, right? We always think that mitochondria is about making energy. Well, that's not the case. Mitochondria is the brain of the entire cell able to direct a immunological response. So instead of making energy, now it's actually going to a battle mode, right? And adding in additional immunological things to occur. So, you know, forming a inflammatory fatty acid followed by to contain the overall damages within the cell, the mitochondria starts to pump out phospholipids to lock in the cell membrane. So this way, there's no communication that goes on, is able to contain that damage inside and prevent further damages going on. And that's where the issue is. People are stuck in that mode, right? The cell's not able to communicate that well. And then when you are talking about poor epigenetic profile the patient might be dealing with, eating poorly, eating a lot of you know, inflammatory oils, stress response, chronic inflammation that goes on. Your phospholipid, your lipid level that your body's supposed to have, and we always know that fatty acid is very healthy, right? If that fatty acid level is in an imbalance or in, in lacking because all the epigenetic profile has been piss poor, quote unquote, that's going to result in a, a lipid uh, lacking in your body to help to contain all those damages that goes on. So there's a further cycling of cell danger response going on. And, and then the mitochondria in a shock mode, they can't do anything to get you through. So in order to calm that cell danger response, what I do is I recommend patients to utilize phospholipids. So phospholipid complex, looking at phosphocholine, inositol, serine, and ethylolamine on top of adding in linoleic acid because your cell is comprised of omega-6, omega-3 linoleic acid. And there's a lot of controversy beyond that, but you got to get the healthy linoleic acid of ALA to help to structure that inside the portion of the cell, along with some of the minerals, because obviously you need minerals to allow the cell membrane to communicate well, followed by some of the additional fatty acids like butyrate to protect the DNA, to protect the cell membrane structure and allow the proper detox method and cells to communicate properly. So when you're looking at some of the further work that Dr. Robert Novia actually had done, he, he explains all these aspects in terms of what happens during a healthy response and a poor response dealing with inflammation result in the fact that the phospholipids are being depleted and the cell, uh, cell membrane is being uh, damaged, cells not able to communicate, 
and a constant cyclic issue of cell danger response going on. And then the mitochondria is not able to orchestrate a proper healing as needed. It's a really interesting take because most people associate mitochondria, the powerhouse, right? It's almost the muscle in that cell or something when you're right, it's more of a brain, which is a powerhouse in its own and uses a lot of energy, but um, it, it really does direct a lot of the cell function. And then you talk about things like membrane potential and the idea of phospholipid therapy. We utilize phospholipid therapy in the clinic, and I know lots of practices do, you do. Um, and we use you know, Pertricane protocol, PK protocol, and others that are quite common. Can you go into that for someone listening and saying, I've never heard of phospholipid therapy and you know these compounds you're talking about, what are, what are they actually doing? What are we doing when we use phospholipid therapy? You know, Patricia Kane is the queen of uh, phospholipids and what she actually brought out to the modern medicine at this point in time. You know, I had a history of heart attack when I was 33 years old mm. uh, and the root cause issue was dealing with bar hidden Bartonella, mold toxins and Epstein-Barr and parasitic and heavy metals. Yeah. And um, during that point of time, in a, in a crisis, basically trying to find a root cause, my doctor was, you know, very savvy enough and smart enough to order the fatty acid panel testing and then send that results to Dr. Patricia Kane. Mm. She was the one who really directed into us utilizing phospholipids to save my life. So, yeah. you know, that's when you mentioned Patricia Kane, uh, you know, she's kind of been out of the circle these days because obviously she says there are personal things going on, but I have to really give it to her that she saved my life, really. Mm. I mean, if it wasn't for her and over her guidance in terms of what type of phospholipid therapy that we needed, I needed at that point in time, I don't think I would be alive right now. And especially I had severe um, mold toxic issue, which caused vascular inflammation on top of the hidden Bartonella infection. Bartonella in general, yes, is a tick-borne related illness, but it can actually cause endothelial damage. So that's a perfect scenario for more than Bartonella to cause a 85% blockage in my LAD. And that's what happened to me. So I have a step put in right now, and that was 2015. I'm Bartonella free and obviously went through my own healing journey as well. But that's something that I preach about because it saved my life. I know it's going to be a great potential things that patients could utilize to get themselves better. So kind of Going back to your question about why this is so important and what to use, I recommend using body bio PC and mm. uh, their um, fatty acid line of supplements they're utilizing because that was basically designed by Dr. Patricia Kane and Dr. Ed Kane as well. Um, years ago, they used to do a lot of training, but obviously they're not doing that anymore. But that was basically the pinnacle of what the overall phospholipid is. And they used and it's still utilizing some of the proprietary liposomal formulation of the full phospholipid complex. So I mentioned about four different complexes of phospholipids, so phospholcholine, phosphatidylamine, phosphoinositol, and phosphoserine. Those are four different types of the outer membrane, if you want to call it, within the, uh, within the cell. And then the inner portion of the cell membrane, um, I like to use body bio's balanced oil, using a four to one ratio of omega-6 and omega-3. Uh, that was touted by the World Health Organization to actually have the best balance of omega um, fatty acid that patient, people be needing. And that makes a lot of sense. And as well as the fact that the unadulterated linoleic acid the cell membrane really needs as a building block in the interior of the cell, that's one of the things that I end up having to use uh, to help start to calm that 
cell danger response that the mitochondria is going through. And then I also like to utilize the sodium butyrate from Body Bio. So utilizing that as a combination of it. So everybody thinks that butyrate is something that your gut produces uh, from the bifidobacter, which is true, right? You need the uh, sodium butyrate and the butyric acid to help to uh, deal with the leaky gut issues and integrate the gut. But the butyrate does a lot more than that. It helps to protect the DNA, helps to stabilize the uh, cell membrane. It also helps to increase and as a neuroprotection going on as well, as an increased level of neuroprotective activity. So it could be very helpful for a patient dealing with TBI, traumatic brain injuries. So there's many things that these type of a naturally occurring fatty acid that our body produces and utilizes. Well, these are key things that end up having to add in to do that. So anyone not knowing about what uh, what they need to do in dealing with some of the chronic issues they feel stuck, well, start to incorporate phospholipid therapy into your overall protocol. And you got to start out very slow. Your cell starts to start to fix things around. It starts to really help to increase the detox pathway and patients might get sick or I call it the Herx reaction. Mm-hmm. So starting out very, very slowly and increasing their doses and result in the fact that your cell membrane starts to fix itself that's where the overall uh, full healing that occurs. And I like to call that as a resiliency, the cell resiliency the patient be needing because you don't want to go through a constant amount of uh, use of binders or these supplements. You want to build up the resiliency that you need. So this way, even in a, in a tough scenario, enough having to get reintroduced to a particular toxin later on, your body's resilient enough to fight through it very easily. And that's something that I learned myself uh, going through my own healing journey as well as something that I end up having to teach and take care of my patients as such. An amazing healing journey yourself. I didn't know that story and that's always impactful when you yourself become the patient, have to heal yourself, and then you could pay it forward by helping others. If someone's listening right now and contemplating, you know, perhaps I have CDR and perhaps phospholipid therapy is something I want to utilize in my healing journey. What are the signs that may indicate that someone's going through kind of this cell danger response and that they would benefit from phospholipid therapy. Any type of chronic illness is a cell danger response issue. Yeah. So let's just kind of give you an example about, uh, you know, acute scenario when you're talking about like COVID infection and having to have to deal with the acute respiratory disorder, that's a severe <laughs> cell danger response. Uh, and so when you're looking at the work of Dr. Rovinovia, again, there's a healing cycle that he kind of explains about and the first portion of the cell danger response, one, just deals with the innate immune response. So macrophages and phagocytosis, all those things, including apoptosis going on, that's a, that's a severe cell danger response. We're talking more in the sense that patients dealing with chronic illnesses or chronic conditions like diabetes, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, right? Um, IBS rheumatoid issues, autoimmune disease. These are all type of cell danger response. That's what's going on, including when you're talking about kids with pandas and pans, and as well as when you're dealing with like um, autism spectrum disorder, those are all side of cell danger response as well. So any people that are dealing with chronic illness that they want to be managing this properly, those are the patients should be taking phospholipid therapy. Yeah, and that's a large population. Large today. population. Right. right. 
A lot of people suffering from CDR out there and just the idea of cell communication being broken down in general, which just leads to degeneration and further complications of their conditions. But you're a doctor of pharmacy, you know, you appreciate the pharmaceutical interventions of sorts. How do you balance that out? Or do you see, is there a way to balance that out where you can still apply pharmaceutical interventions alongside more natural holistic interventions, such as phospholipid therapy? Because most pharmacists, as you know, just stick to one. It is just yeah. the pharmaceutical drugs. That's it. Don't even think about the other stuff. Yeah, How do you find that balance? So that is a great question. And I end up having to uh, enjoy explaining why I got into the entire thing is because early on in my pharmacy career, I saw that there was a brokenness of our modern medicine and how it was just a sick care instead of being healthcare. And as well as just going through this entire process, I realized that I wanted more answers. And and one of the things that I saw value in is going in through functional medicine, but I had great mentors where they utilize both you know, functional medicine, integrative side, as well as pharmaceuticals to allow a good balance in this approach of, of allowing patients to heal properly. Right? That, that that's art in itself. You know, everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't be using pharmaceuticals. Yeah, but there's a ways to in you know incorporate these things properly. I'm questioning that's what you guys do in your clinic as well. And some of the other uh doctors out there, uh, they're doing this, you know, full time and looking at not just the natural uh, pathic world, but looking at the the pharmaceutical side to marrying it all together to create a balance and to get to the root cause issue. So one thing that um, I do right now at our pharmacy is that you know, I own a compounding pharmacy in New Jersey, and we actually do a number of things in terms of you know wellness, consultation, as well as uh, vitamin therapies, all that we do. But we also do compound that's able to help to manage the chronic conditions like low-dose naltrexone. Mm-hmm. We do antiparasitic uh, compounds that could be very helpful. So compounding albendazole, prosequential, ivermectin, and not as oxidized, that could be all incorporated to dealing with biotoxin issues, as well as bioidentical hormone replacement therapy for patients dealing with PCOS, right? That is a sign of a cell danger response, hormonal dysfunction, all those things could be all marrying it together. So I'm, I'm very fortunate to be having this type of practice that I built, and as well as the mentors I actually had, like Dr. Kane that I mentioned before, and just to people and, and community that that's around me and you know having to have a social media presence that actually also helped out as well so i'm able to help out a lot more people so it's been very very interesting yeah no it's a cool concept to, to create the compounding pharmacy in that reign of things and understanding a much more holistic viewpoint to helping people what are your thoughts on peptides peptides it's going to be one of the things that's going to revolutionize even more uh in it. Now, obviously, there's a FDA getting involved and they're trying to limit the overall aspect of it. But oral viable peptides like BCP157 and adymosin, that could be very helpful for recovery, for gut function, especially. So I do see a great deal of value. I myself, I use BCP157 as well on a daily basis. So it's been working out well for me as well. So there's a great value in that. And um, it's going to hit just there. It's going to expand even more. Even just the use of Ozempic and Mungero, that really opened up other people's eyes and into mainstream medicine that biopeptides are here to stay. Mm-hmm. And people are realizing the value that it brings. 
Now, obviously, I want to get to the root cause and fix the metabolic issue, but it shows that biopeptides are working, right? So as more and more research and, and the accessibility of these biopeptides is going to increase, I think it's going to help out a lot more people out there dealing with chronic issues. Now, here's the thing about biopeptides that it's not meant to turn off cell danger response. So the initial inflammatory cytokine, all these things, that has to be fought by tackling the root cause issue and then getting the body back in order. But biopeptides could be just as an adjunctive thing used as a tool to manage and gain the patients to the finish line, I believe. So that's how I see biopeptides in a chronic condition management. And you mentioned Ozempic. Thoughts yep. on that? Because it's obviously all the rave and everyone in Hollywood is on it and everyone is asking about it. And of yep. course, it's a vanity drug in some ways. It, it uh, is. You know, what, what are your general thoughts on the world using it? <laughs> uh, you know, more and more people are wanting to get it, but the issue is the cost. Uh, and especially when you're thinking about adding that Ozempic for weight loss management, insurance companies do end up having to reject it. And how willing are you to spend eight to $900 to get the entire therapy to do it? It really depends. I mean, I, I'm not here to judge. If you need some extra poundage that you got to lose, here, listen, it works. It works really well. But also there's a downside to that. You're going to have some major cramping issues, stomach problem, diarrhea. If you want to deal with that mess, I mean, be my guest. I, I, I'm always about, you know, get the right amount of food, the sleep. You got to poop well. You got to, you have to de-stress, get the foundational back in order, even before touching those things. If you have trouble doing that beyond that, then look at the root cause. And if you don't want to do that, then there's an easy fix that you could do, but there's always a price you have to pay. Yeah. People never get the foundations down, right? They just want to skip to the most advanced kind of thing. It's like someone going to the gym using one of those really isometric motion like oh, God. that no one used instead of just doing squat, push up, bench press, like get those down first and then maybe move on from that. But that's not the way we usually work. No, not at all. And that's the reason why I've started picking up more kettlebell and that's just using one. kettlebell alone makes a lot of sense in terms of your overall mobility movement. You know, I, I'm not really into these type of like complex movements. I like to take mm -hmm. uh, fundamental movement exercises that could keep my muscle mass and as well as my longevity. That's what yeah. I'm looking for, my flexibility. What if I gain all these muscles, but then I can't move my body well, and then I'm injuring myself even more. So foundation aspect, including exercise is very important. Yeah. And of course, diet is important. And I know your team anti-oat milk, as am I. So welcome, fellow anti-oat milk <laughs> Yeah. Subscriber. Can you go into why you're anti-oat milk? I won't, I won't share mine. I'll let you do it. <laughs> uh, well, oat milk in general, oats in general are, the, the modern oats are genetically modified. It's heavily laced with glyphosates. Um, it's very hard to find organic oats to begin with. But one of the key issue with oats is that it's laced with mycotoxins, mm. namely aflatoxin. Uh, for people or especially ladies out there dealing with severe UTI issues and chronic bladder problem, all those things, those are led by aflatoxins or mold toxins, right? So that's the number one thing that I end up having to um, you know, say about that. And the second thing is that it can actually spike your blood sugar level. I don't care how well other companies end up having to market that this is a healthy drink. It is not. It's basically a sugar-filled drink that you're going to have to uh, drink in the morning, including your coffee, and it's just crap. And so <laughs> that's the reason why I don't recommend doing it. 
And everybody's asking about, you know, what is the other alternative uh, plant milk they could do? You know what? Get some hemp seed, blend that into your blender, mm-hmm. get a milk bag, strain it out. That's your healthy drink right there. And hemp provides a healthy amount of balance between omega-6 and omega-3. Uh, so I do love drinking hemp milk um, or any other things. Another thing that I started drinking is, uh, you know, raw A2 milk, if I could get it sometimes, basically. If you get it. <laughs> if you get it. Uh, that's been great too. I do have a uh, dairy sensitivity, but A2 milk, I could tolerate very, very well. No, those are really good. And listen, I, I put out some stuff anti oat milk and got a lot of heat. <laughs> I did, I did as well. Right. People are really attached to oat milk. It's kind of interesting that out of all things you could kind of pick and fight about oat milk yeah. is the one that people really found to or thought would be so healthy. And that's the interesting thing. I think as you get into this and you start, I'm sure you see this in social media is that. You start to put out things that were perceived as healthy and you show them they're wrong and people have their connections to things that they don't want to give up, even in the face of something showing them the alternative side of what they believe. So it kind of shows the belief systems really narrate how what we feel is healthy or not, not actual science and data. It's nice. All emotion driven. Uh, yes. and, and I think <laughs> dealing with the pandemic for the last three years really showed me what people's perception to over health and reality and what they end up having to believe to be true mm. and and relying on government interventions and as well as some doctors saying that this is such, you got to be your own advocate. And so my overall key message that I tell people is that the doctor of the future is you, that you have to be the, the best advocate as a patient to do your research. And even for me, I mean, I, I end up having to produce and uh, give all the contents that are, I think is very cutting edge and, and giving the right information. But in, in it for myself, I might be wrong as well. So do your own research, be your own advocate. But first thing you need to do is clean out your diet, keep a whole, whole food diet to begin with, sleep well, poop well, de-stress well, right? All those things are something that our, our, our God end up having to give to us as our, uh, during our creation of our birth. But, you know, we end up having to lose that. Why? Because we're so busy and being inundated with our own life and around us, it's just basically slowly killing us. So I want people to go back to your overall roots, take care of their overall health, and get rid of the oat milk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That is an empowering message, a smart message. Um, So we'll end on that. Where can people learn more about you, your compounding pharmacy, connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So you could definitely find me on Instagram, a doctor, uh, dot John, dot farm D is P H A R M D. Uh, and then I have my own website, drkimwellness.com. And if you want to visit me, my pharmacy is called Robinson Wellness Pharmacy and it's located in Mendham, New Jersey. Um, we have a wellness center and we actually have an educational center as well. So we love educating people and taking care of the needs. Nice. I might have to head out there when it's a little bit nicer and uh, yeah. maybe we could hit up those golf courses out De- there that you definitely. said you're waiting to <laughs> go out to when it warms <laughs> up, of course. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Dr. Kim, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wealth knowledge. Thank you so much. It's great to see doctors, especially pharmacists, understanding that most of what we treat in medicine are symptoms and symptoms aren't really always the problem. Cells are the problem. And when cells do what we should be and should be treated, they work better. So until next time, continue writing your own healing story.